0: Together with Pastor Shane, I want to welcome you to Rivermont and invite you to open your Bibles or one of the few Bibles to Hebrews chapter one as we continue our sermon series in Hebrews in which we know that Jesus is better. Now, Hebrews is a book about persevering in the faith. It is a book that is designed to help us meet the various challenges of living the Christian life and it points us over and over again to the only sure foundation the only source uh, of power for living the Christian life, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the only person worthy of our worship and devotion. And to prove that Jesus is better in this first chapter than the angels, the author begins quoting Old Testament scripture and applying it to Christ. In verse 5, he asks, For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have forgotten you? He shows the contrast between Christ and the angels in verse 6 by declaring that angels are to worship Christ and Christ alone. He continues of Christ in verse 8. But of the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And now we continue the reading of Hebrews chapter 1, beginning at verse 10. Please hear this, at the word of God. And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth, and in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like a robe that you roll them up. Like a garment, they But you are the same and your years will have no end. And to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Would you please join me in prayer? Our Father in heaven, give us grace each moment to draw our life from You, walking in Your steps, enjoying Your fellowship. As we now give attention to Your Word, open the eyes of our hearts to behold the wonders of Your love. Holy Spirit, pour light upon these words which You cause to be inspired and write them upon our hearts. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Twelve years into my walk with Jesus Christ. I vividly remember this season, perhaps it was a few weeks, that my heart flooded with peace and contentment after years of searching and some frustration. What was the moment of reckoning that introduced peace and contentment into my life when I was 29 years of age? Well, it was the day that I realized that God is God and Ron is not. Christ is sovereign and Christ is loving. I spent most of my 20s trying to prove myself as self-sufficient and honorable before my Savior. While I treasured a strong work ethic, I finally understood myself as a servant of the Lord with open hands. I understand not to hold too tightly to the material blessings that the Lord would bring my way. I accepted that I deserved none of the things that I longed for at the time, a wife and a home, that they would Come only to me by God's own gracious design and plan. It was His to give, not mine to demand. Here's the key. Your trust of Jesus Christ and your love of the Savior must include absolute surrender to the One who is exalted King of kings and Lord of lords. To persevere in the faith, this surrender is vital. And this surrender will also bring to you contentment and joy that no other thing will ever be able to bring for he is the lord of all creation the Lord Jesus he reigns so by his grace and power we surrender him to him as our eternal creator as our unchanging master and as the conquering king to get us started let's begin by first considering that we must yield submit to Christ the eternal creator this we see in Hebrews 10, uh, chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. Now, the context is that the writer's audience was struggling with the status of Jesus Christ in relationship to the angels. Some thought that Jesus was an angel. Others were awed by the reports of angelic activity and thought of Jesus Christ as having less power than the angelic host. Before we're too hard on the Jewish community to which this was addressed, many people do have today a tendency to distort the truth of Christ and exchange that truth for a lie. So the author sets the record straight that Jesus Christ is the eternal Creator as he writes in verse 10, You, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of Your hands. Now, Psalm 102, from which this quotation was Taken opens with the cry of a desperate man under the hand of affliction. The psalm begins, Hear my prayer, O Lord, let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Now most of us here in this room, we know what the hardship of affliction or distress feels like. And yet beautifully, the psalmist moves from his distress to reflect upon the Lord as his creator. He realizes that in the end he will persevere for the Lord will triumph as the one who laid the foundation of the earth. Surely our God will be faithful in caring for his desperate desperate child. The one who set forth the heavens and the earth will surely work into a man's life the details that is before him, especially for those he has redeemed. Now despite the randomness advocated in evolutionary theory, science demonstrates that there is no, nothing random about the functioning of the human body or the change in the seasons or the orbiting of the planets around the sun. Everything has order from the tiniest cell to the most delicate ecosystem. Order fills our universe and biblically. The order of the universe demands a creator, and praise God we know that Jesus Christ ordered the universe into being. Jesus set forth the details that fill our world with great precision, uh, precision. And the apostle John affirms, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made now i have one question and it's what does our author why does our author stress the fact that jesus christ is our eternal creator and again the psalms help us with the answer by the word of the lord the heavens were made and by the breadth of his mouth all their host then the psalmist adds and this is in psalm 33 that all the earth fear the lord let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Well, this is telling us that for our health in Christ, we need proper fear. We need all of the one who created us. And we know from the scripture that biblical fear, proper fear, is a reverence and awe that leads us to obedience. When we accept that we exist by the creative word of Jesus Christ, we begin to take notice that we are responsible to our creator. It is to Him who in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth that we must give an account. And as we know the Creator as our Redeemer, we develop the confidence to stand before Him, to stand before the One who created us for His own glory. And notice the intentional contrast that we see in verse 11. After acknowledging Jesus Christ as the One who laid the foundation of the world and established the heavens, The author bluntly states that they will perish. The world about us is certainly grand. The billions of galaxies with its billions of stars all tell the glory of our God. Yet, they will perish. Then the writer adds, they will all wear out like a garment. They will perish. But you, O Lord, remain. In some ways, we are cramped by a fixation upon the world about us. We live with the sights and sounds of this life. If we were not aware of the God who created the heavens and the earth, we would end up giving little thought to any other existence other than ourselves. We then become frustrated and anxious as we serve things that pass away. Yet before the world was created... And after the world fades away, the Lord Jesus Christ remains. Jesus stands in eternal contrast to the created order. Created order passes away, but He remains. So the question here in this first section is in whom are you placing your eternal trust and confidence? Like some in the audience that first received this epistle, The question is being asked, are you casting your hope upon the angels? Are you looking to good people or perhaps some good institution that will push you along on this earth to give you standing before the creator as the Lord and the Lord alone is the only one that will endure for others? That will endure forever. Brothers and sisters, how easy it is for us to pursue our ambitions and dreams without any thought of eternity. How easy we act as though the entire world exists for our pleasure, yet we are reminded here that the world about us will become like a garment and even our earthly existence will be even shorter. We will fade away. It is blunt and yet it is truth. We need to rest in our eternal Redeemer, Jesus Christ. So we need to know that we need to be a people who are wise, that we know that Jesus Christ, the Lord of creation, reigns, that we surrender to him as our eternal creator. Secondly, though, notice in our verses that the Lord of creation reigns and we are to surrender to him because he is our unchanging master. We see this in verse 12. You know, the audience that this was being written to most likely pondered the mighty display of the angels, their mighty power. And in the Bible, the angels did halt armies. They guided the people of God. They ascended in the smoke of sacrifices. Perhaps these these uh, readers of this letter thought of the death angel passing over Egypt or angels who blinded the inhabitants of Sodom before their destruction. Even in our own day, some pursue the fantasy that angels will carry them in to the presence of the Lord. They are trusting in what they view as their personal angels to cover their sin and mediate for them before God. Yet as we think that Christ is better than the angel, Christ stands in contrast to them. For no angel created the world. No angel existed from eternity And no angel was ever qualified to be the mediator between God and man. No angel is the unchanging master that we see in verse 12. The biblical writer looks at the earth and looks to the Lord and declares like a robe, you will roll them up like a garment. They will be changed. You know, a robe is the outer garment worn by the anxious and, by the way, by some of your pastors. There is little difficulty for us to roll up the mantle in any direction. And yet notice what it says here about Jesus Christ, who is the eternal creator, the unchanging master. There is no issue for him to roll up creation like a robe. God is able to do all his holy will, for there are no limits to the existence of his authority and his power over all that he has created. It's fascinating when you think of biblical stories that after the Lord told Abraham and Sarah that they would have a child, even in their old age, do you remember that Sarah began laughing at the prospect? And the Lord simply responded by asking, is anything too difficult for the Lord? And by His own power and might, a year later, Isaac was born. How about in Jeremiah 18, where the Lord unfolds for the prophet uh, Jeremiah, the promise of the new covenant to be enacted through Christ in spite of the grim circumstances that Jeremiah was living. And he is then able to confess, nothing is too difficult for you. And later when the Lord is telling Jeremiah about the bondage by the Babylonians, that one day they will return to worship the Lord in Jerusalem. As an assurance, the Lord again tells Jeremiah, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too difficult for me? And of course, the answer is no. So in light of who he is, can there be anything too difficult for Jesus Christ in our lives? As Sovereign Lord, He is able to subdue kingdoms, to plant nations, and more importantly for you and me today, He is able to conquer our hearts. Now, some of you may be struggling with the weight of your sin. Or their painful remembrance of actions you have taken that have scarred your life. Perhaps you strain with anxiety or depression. You are concerned about loved ones whom you long to see Jesus Christ. You look at the habits that control you, the passions that enslave you, or the thoughts that plague you. You believe that Christ created the world. Yet you do not always think that God can subdue your own hearts. And here God's Word is telling us to take heart. For in Christ, the very one who takes the earth and rolls it up like a robe is the very one who can exercise His sovereign might to deliver you from your affliction. O family of God, look to Jesus. Surrender to Him. Stop looking for experiences or signs or angels or any other thing. Look to the Sovereign Lord who conquered sin at the cross, who silenced the power of the grave in His resurrection, and who reigns as the exalted King of the universe for your power in weakness. But you say, Ron, things were different in those early days. Sure, the Lord did great things with Abraham and Sarah, for Jeremiah and with those first century believers. But today is so different. And I would simply say that none of us over the age of 30 would disagree that the world has gone through a lot of changes in the last decades. Technology has swept the globe so that we can watch history in the making in our own homes at any time. We can communicate by phone anywhere in the world. We can collect vast amounts of research in seconds via laptops and smartphones. We've witnessed the Iron Curtain falling in peaceful countries racked by chaos. Everything about us seems to be changing to this, the, the writer asserts though about Jesus, but you, oh God, are the same. Your years will have no end. The one solitary unchanging being in the universe is the Lord God Almighty. Christ is unchanging in His being, perfections, purposes, promises, and power. The world about us is changing. Oh yes, people change. Everything changes. Yet Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Hebrews 13, verse 8. Dear brothers and sisters, please take heart. For the same Christ who welcomes all who are weary and heavy laden calls you to Himself, Come to Me and I will give you rest. Because He is the same and His years will not come to an end, our Lord is ever ready to receive all who come to Him in faith and in repentance. Because He is the same, we can have confidence in our Lord's readiness and ability to save all who come to Him. As believers, we can have the assurance of the forgiveness of sin and that He gladly welcomes you and me into the security of His loving and all-powerful arms. Therefore, we trust Him. We love Him. We surrender to Him. With the truth that the Lord of creation reigns, first of all, we know that we yield to Him as eternal Creator. We yield to Him as our unchanging Master. And finally, we see in these verses in verse 13 that we surrender to Christ, the conquering King. Listen to how He writes to us in verse 13. And to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Here, the writer of Hebrews takes us to the grand culmination of human history. This is one of the most quoted of all the Old Testament verses in the New Testament. From Psalm 110, King David confesses his own faith and love for the Messiah who was yet to come into the world. A thousand years later. Now as a side note. Angels are great creatures. The author concludes this chapter by giving a job description for the angels. They are ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation. And last week Pastor Weber affirmed that they may take various forms in their service to us. Yes. Yes. I think an angel of the Lord saved my older sister from an abduction when two men tried to abduct her on the middle of an isolated road in the middle of a hot summer day. A large dog came barreling down the hill, frightened the two men back into their van, and then followed my sister home. The dog disappeared the moment she entered the house. No one in the neighborhood had ever seen this dog or knew of him when my family went on a search. Yes, I think that an angel of the Lord redirected a flying metal hose aimed right at my face from an oil tanker on Independence Boulevard in Charlotte, North Carolina. I was walking on a sidewalk right after a concert at the old Charlotte Coliseum. If this heavy metal handle hit me at some 50 miles an hour, again, coming off of this large oil trunk t- a truck, I don't believe I would be standing here this day. But something or some being yanked it back. And it was very obvious that it was going to miss my face. Although it was directed right at me. And yes, your family of God, usually we are not aware. We're not sure where and how the angels are working. But the close calls of life and the unexpected provisions we experience may just be evidence of their activity. Now, end of footnote, side note, back to the passage before us. However, verse 13. To which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? No angel has ever heard such command uttered by our majesty on high. The Lord of all creation reigns. He is conquering King. Jesus Christ is Lord. His enemies will be put under His feet. He sits at the right hand of God. The position of ultimate authority and honor and dominion and power in God's kingdom. He is superior. He is better. And I want to ask you just to ask yourself this question. Why do you think the Scripture is saying this to us this day? Well, I think we're all prone to underestimate the Lord Jesus Christ. We're prone to live as if we were God and He is not. We're prone to expect that God owes us a pleasant life. We've become disappointed when things don't go our way. We are prone to compromise, at least in our hearts and minds, the extravagant, costly, redeeming work of Jesus, of His shedding His blood upon the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. The angels are glorious. Yet no angel was ever humiliated for you. No angel ever hung on the tree bearing the full weight of your sins and the sins of the world. The Son of God, Who is superior to the angels. Who is master of all the angels. Who is the Lord of God's kingdom. Who is the creator of this world. Who sits at God's right hand. He shed His blood for you. So to the Son, the Father instructs Him to sit in the seat of authority at His right hand. Awaiting the day when every knee shall bow, when every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The unfolding of human history will culminate in the grand worship and exaltation of our Redeemer, Jesus Christ the Lord. Redeem sons of Adam from every tongue, tribe, people, and nation will rejoice in the wonder that God sent His Son into the world to save sinners like you and like me. So we have a concluding question. Do you, dear brother and sister, do you know the joy, the contentment of surrendering your life to the conquering work and person of Jesus Christ? If not, the Lord of all creation is calling to you to Him to come and to find rest, Please yield to Christ as your eternal Creator. Yield to Christ as the unchanging Master. Yield to Christ as the conquering King. And in surrendering to Him, He will forgive you your sin and give you life, purpose, and joy to the glory of His name. And yet, if you are here this day, dear brother and sister, and you're able to say, yes, praise God, I know the joy, the contentment of surrendering my life to Him. I simply encourage you with this. Resolve to surrender yourselves and you to Jesus Christ daily. As the foundation and strength of your life. Live for His glory. For Christ is the only perfect God and, and the only Savior of sinners. The only hope of the world. The heir of all things. The angels... Who have no sin, know to love, worship and serve Christ every moment of every hour of every day. And so should we. Young people, you need not wait until you're 29 years old to experience the freedom and joy of surrender to Jesus Christ. Oh, please make it your business, your priority this day and every day to tell the Lord that you want a life dominated, shaped, directed by the pure and power influences of the glorious person, the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. In all of Christ's beauty, allow Him to occupy the supreme position of your heart and your life to the glory of His name. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for the way your word here in Hebrews continually takes us to the Bible to teach us about Christ. We confess that he is the Lord of all creation who reigns and that we need your grace and strength to surrender to him daily for our good and for his glory. Lord Father, give us this grace and strengthen us by the power of the Spirit. We ask these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.